0: Hello, and thanks for coming along to And We Have An Office Dog, the digital agency podcast where we talk to agency owner directors and learn more about what makes them tick, from the things that make them similar to the things they'd rather have known sooner, where they've had success, and where they've learned some hard lessons. All will be revealed with your host Chris Simmons, the Agency Accelerator, and he'll be talking to a different awesome agency person in each episode, asking them four questions and seeing where the conversation takes us over the next 25 minutes. Okay, so let us begin. Over to you Chris.
1: Thanks, voiceover guy. And on the podcast, I'm lucky enough to be uh, joined by Simon, the MD at Hype Collective. Hello, Simon. How are you?
2: I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's a very glitzy voiceover guy.
1: I'm The best that Fiverr can offer. I swear to God, that guy should be on TV and things. It's very movie style, like, you know, announcer type thing or yeah. Strictly Come Dancing or something like that. Yeah, would probably done very well in the 90s on Generation Game for those in the UK listening to this. Um, so uh simon first opportunity first thing first and foremost realistically uh tell us a little bit about hype collective tell us about who you are what you do how you how long you've been going things like that
2: yeah um so uh, i'm simon founder and md of hype collective we've been going uh just over six and a half years now uh recently acquired actually um and we are a student and youth marketing agency so it started off um working with university sports teams and societies around the UK that you could sponsor them and we'd promote your thing for them. So our very first ever campaign was doing cooking classes with university sports teams that were around like different nutrition plans and stuff like that. Um, And just grown into doing a a wider range of things, but always targeting university students. So we do influencer content events, stuff like that. and yeah that, that that's us basically primarily work with either kind of big consumer brands that you have heard of niche student or youth focused things or the odd graduate employer basically so you started off really niche in this in a to a to an audience which is
1: probably a good reason why you got acquired i presume it's it's it makes it makes an agency a lot more acquirable being uh being tight into a into into an area doesn't
2: it yeah i believe so i mean obviously I've only done it this way, so maybe it's um, easy the other way, but um, yeah, I think it meant that we were, you know, for our size, you know, we weren't, we're not a massive agency. We got to like kind of 1.2, 1.3 million. Mm. Um, But we have big brand names that people believe that they can sell other things to. So, you know, our our big brands that we work with are like, you know, co-op Adobe delivery, which I don't think we would have won if we hadn't been niche because we're never going to, take on adobe's sort of general branding or general marketing you know yeah, uh, yeah. we're not we're not equipped for that um and um also meant that we weren't what we do is so niche that you know there are very few people that know what we know about that thing and it meant that we're not treading on the toes of the, the people that are acquiring us even though they are in a similar space but what we do is just different basically
1: yeah and and and, and definitely not easier um niching niching makes it easier from a you're speaking a same language as the audience a lot more easily you can you can you can create very systematic workflows and things like that but um no agency is easy to run regardless of how uh, niche okay. you get and um, they all come with their little foibles and things like that so aside from the um uh, the acquisition which we'll touch on uh shortly what do you think's been one of the like the biggest successes that you guys have seen in the six and a bit years oh well, i think
2: it's I mean, obviously everyone says it's like tumultuous times, you know, COVID cost of living crisis and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think where we've been best is always willing to kind of reevaluate our proposition, but always sticking to the core of what we do. So we've changed our services. We've changed like how we service clients and make them happy, but we've always, there's always been that red thread throughout all of it. And that, Mm. and you know, to get back to it, the niche, which, um, all the groundwork that we still have people that would have worked with us six years ago. And they'll, I'm always quite like, um, you know, no one really cares about agencies. They don't actually matter. So they're not going to remember that our specific, you know, service proposition at that time, but they yeah. will remember our oh, hype collective. They were reliable and roughly yeah. did students. Right. And that's, that's still true. Um, but the, the, the services around that have changed um, uh, a little bit and 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 sticking
1: to your guns is 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 a really big success because it's so easy isn't it to 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 see either chase some cash or 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 run from from an issue and kind mm. of then that one it's like one step at a time before you realize you're a mile away from where you started and it's so hard yeah. to bring it back so it's really hard to stick to stick to your your you know your tone of voice your audience your niche um yeah so it, yeah i mean it is a big success it's um it's something that a lot of agency leaders uh struggle with even with the knowledge that they have. It, because you know, a big pile of cash comes along or a big issue comes up and it is actually sometimes seemingly the the best of all the options to change something fundamental about the business, but usually mm. isn't
0: the right thing to do. Hey yeah, we... voice over guy here. Sorry to interrupt. Um if you're looking to accelerate the growth of your agency then check out omg.center forward slash info. Um oh sorry Chris. Look at that. You gave him a compliment and he interrupted
1: you. Unbelievable. That's all right. It's all good. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so if you could go back six or so years in into the past and uh you know, poof, you've you've arrived and you, you've got an opportunity to talk to the younger version of yourself. What one piece of advice do you think you might give yourself?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the the thing that I got obsessed with then was trying to plug the gaps of my weaknesses um so my background is in biz dev and growth um and so i was very concerned with um kind of how we build a really high quality client services and delivery offering because that's not my background um in hindsight um, i kind of over on the weaknesses a little bit and actually didn't manifest itself in the organization eventually turning into me being the bottleneck on the bits that I was good at because I hadn't handed them to anyone else. Yeah. Uh, and then actually when I tried to then hire a kind of a biz dev person, there was no process for it. There was no like systems, there yeah. was no like um, thought because I just, uh, that element of the business was the bit I was so confident in that I just kind of run with it. But actually I didn't have the time to do it effectively and so ironically i i think like the bit that i was most personally confident in is probably the least structured element of the business Whereas the bits where i was unconfident were very well thought through and methodical
1: yeah uh, like so, so, the amount of agency leaders that i speak to who are their own bottleneck for whatever reason or another it's it's amazing because like, i i was there you've just explained mm. that you were there we're um we're our own worst enemy at a certain point in the agency's life and it depends mm. who you are and what your what what it is but there's always there's always something that you get in the way of um and like the 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 decision to delegate something that you know in and out and up and down is really hard right
2: yeah yeah and then but you don't even have time to do it properly anyway so even though in theory i could do this job really really well like I wasn't even doing it really well um, because I was getting <laughs> stretched across everything. So um, yeah, I think that's that's the main thing is like treat all aspects of the business equally, regardless of where you feel your your personal strengths are. Basically,
1: yeah. And I think um, if you were to disappear back in time and speak to yourself and give yourself that advice, do you, do you think that the younger version of you would have been
2: able to to heed it? Oh God, I hope so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think um, I was. It's interesting. Like I've I've always had a couple of different like coaches or mentors throughout the time, and like I'm, I'd say one of my personal strengths is that I'm I'm very open to feedback. You can you can you can uh, you can tell me I'm being stupid, and I I won't won't get too offended, and I will will. will. So hopefully I would have done, but who knows? Uh, maybe that's just a well, bit of arrogance.
1: I think you don't set up an agency because you have a lack of confidence, um, and usually. It turns out that uh, it, it turns out that, that um, you know what to do, you know how to do it. You might know you know the, the by the book way of doing these things. but even if you give yourself that advice, it's, it's often very hard to listen to because it goes against what you're thinking is right mm. at the time. And often like you know, you, you would have never got to, to a point of, of the, the recent acquisition of the agency if it weren't for the fact that you had learned. The way you'd learned it you might well have gotten there um further down the line but you know you can't sort of know what you don't know and you've got to learn you know where that comes from because at the end of the acquisition at the end of the the process there however long that 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 will be for you you mm. will um you'll be able to move on to something new and you'll have all of that in the in the in the, the background that you've learned so just on on the, the the side of the acquisition stuff, you want, a lot of agencies have this kind of vision of this utopian view of someone's going to come along one day with a massive checkbook and you can walk away scot-free, um, and it's super easy. What what's the process been like for you within what you're allowed to talk about, of course?
2: Yeah. Um so first thing is this isn't um like WPP coming in and offering us, you know, fifty million quid for our agency. It's not, it's not that scale, but it's like a scale that we're still really happy with, um, and is really exciting for us. I guess like for me, well, firstly, the motivators for doing it. There are a few things. Um, one, quite practically, there was another thing that we didn't really focus on in our agency, which was investing in our own tech. Which for the influencer offering
1: Mm.
2: means that our team were less efficient than some of our competitors because it was very manual. Secondly, um, kind of personally for me, I think I um, fell out of love with actually owning an agency and the, and the stress levels uh, mm. associated with it. So it's very much like a personal sort of, I guess. Um, I've loved, interestingly, most agency owners that sell normally hate the sort of earn out period or the period, whatever it is, where you're working for the new people. Yep. Uh, I've absolutely loved it uh, yeah. because like I've been yeah just present like I feel like free to do a good job without the levels of stress that I had on before and I'm definitely better at my job uh since the acquisition than I was before the acquisition which I think is is interesting so for me it's personally worked out quite nicely um but that's not the answer to your question I can't remember what the question was so so for, it was first just...
1: of all it's lovely to hear that you're enjoying the earn out because oftentimes with a larger acquisition mm. firm usually the 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 things that are um kind of dictated a harder for you to to reach and attain um it feels like sounds like there's um uh, a decent alignment between the two businesses which makes it a little bit easier to um to not feel like you're suddenly being encumbered by lofty massive targets which are unattainable and all sorts of things like that and uh, yeah and 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 i think that's probably where quite a lot of agencies um, worry what a lot of agencies worry about. So it's nice and refreshing to hear a, a, a good news story about that. What was the how did how did it come about, and what what were the what were the typical kind of steps that that have been in place there? Because there are
2: yeah.
1: there's the the by the book approach, which is you know contract offers and things like that. But where, what was the organic aspect to it? Where did that where did that come in?
2: um So yeah, I basically made a decision just before Christmas that I wanted to explore it as a as a route. Um, got we've got a um, kind of uh non so the hype collective was part of a group model um mm-hmm. already so uh, we also owned an agency called hard numbers which had been on this uh yes. very podcast yeah, yeah. um daryl and um so that we were in a group model with them and i decided uh, they they were supported the decision i was kind of my day job was hype uh, and paul and daryl worked across hard numbers They supported the decision at that stage we went to we get an advice we've got an advisor called stephen waddington who's kind of a non-exec director type role with Mm. us um and sat down with him made a list of about 40 agencies that i thought might be interested um in acquiring hype but he facilitated anonymous introductions to um all of them with a very top level prospectus of, of the agency one thing i will say is everyone is super interested in the gossip of who's up for sale so our hit rate of people just having a 10 minute chat off that nearly broke me because um (laughs) basically i had a call with most of them uh and it's just a sales process from there you um uh you know traffic down to the funnel got down to three that were like that we'd signed um three that i'd say we got the opportunity to go under the um car bonnet with mm-hmm. each of them and then vice versa with us Um, and it was we were lucky we we managed to make a decision about who we went with as well part of that was the money but also part of it was the culture fit and and, yeah. and stuff like that Um, I think my big bit of advice is they will all ask for exactly the same thing so you might as well have it all prepared in one pack like I ended up with about 20 different kind of versions of the same material which was confusing me and so get yeah NED yeah. to kind of tell you what you need and you might as well make that um and be you might as well be honest because they will
1: Ruff if they're any that.
2: good yeah. if they're any good they will ask those questions later on in the process so you might as well give it to them early and make a decision quicker
1: and and much like bringing in clients or bringing in staff expectation management is key to this you know if you do if you if you think you can kind of massage a figure here and there the expectations won't be right yeah the cash up front will be decent but six months down the line you're having to defend the indefendable and it's very hard mm. um the, the the process you explained there about you know going out to to and um, to, to find potential buyers and things like that sounds an awful lot like what we do at the omg center actually in the sense of kind of building up like a kind of blind portfolio and profile um essentially everything that you'd need to know without the name or anything that would lead you toward the name if you looked into it um, and i think that those sorts of things And you do get a lot of looky-loos and you do get that, you know, that sort of stuff. And you just have to very much hope that people live to their end of the NDA, um, which is very hard to enforce and very hard to prove. But, you know, everyone hopefully is professional. Um, But I can imagine that, you know, um, 40 times 10 minute calls uh, to talk about exact same things, probably quite, quite stressful.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it's actually, I booked it off the team thought I had it as holiday for that week because I just lined them all up and I was like, I just needed a reason for them not to message me. I can't deal with the lies. Um, Yeah. So I, so I booked it it off as yeah. And that's interesting. We know, I don't know who, but one person did break the NDA because a client came back to me and said, oh, he gossip," And, um, still don't know who, and it's, yeah, it's not that deep, but yeah, it will happen
1: it's 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 really hard to get it right and also you know naturally people are people as well gossip is part of people's dna and um, it's great gossip the, um, so how, when 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 the when the, all the paper was signed and all the things were done and it was ready to roll and rock and roll and everything like that how did how how did you and they kind of convey that properly to the team because you know it's agencies are people businesses aren't they
0: mm.
2: yeah i think so we um I guess one thing is that we probably took it slightly slower than some acquisitions. I think sometimes like the papers signed, everyone finds out the next day and then they're in a different office the following day. And like I, one of my best mates works for a company that was acquired by Google and they have the system and the process for that. And it sounds sounds like magic. Uh, Ours was slower than that because we were doing it for the first time and we, uh, were less worried about, you know, whilst this is interesting and it's good gossip, we knew that this wasn't going to be like huge industry press. So we weren't worried about like things yeah. getting out that way. Um, so yeah, we had, um, the acquisition happened, you know, signed and done on the Friday, then the next Tuesday I announced it to my team and then Josh, the founder of Buller, came in, in the afternoon and had one-to-ones with all of our team, um, and met them all and answered any questions. Okay. And then the following day, we had a group team social, which was really fun and got got everyone together. Um, And then other things have migrated a little bit slower. But I think the key thing is obviously, um, we spent, me and Josh spent a good time thinking about, right, what are the, what are people's worries gonna be here in this? Um, It's gonna Mm. be job security, my role changing, stability of the organization uh probably my role um and a few other things and we went through and we were like what can we give black and white definitive answers on here and what can't we yeah. um, and then we 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 shared that and we were we were explicit in where there is uncertainty like there is always going to be some uncertainty with things There's things yeah. we don't know yeah, yeah 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 um but we we were explicit where we were like this is a definite and this is a, a bit of an unknown
1: that's a, that's a really nice way of doing it and the pacing uh, especially is important because you know not to do anyone who works in an agency down at all um if you don't know like the the role based who you are and where you're going and what you're doing it's very it can be very scary because you rely on that income for the most part and you know if you you find out one day oh like you say you, you you've been acquired and your new company is called this or something like that it's very hard to then tie that to have i got a job at christmas um, yeah. and things like that. And I, I remember the last agency I ever worked at, and it was a key reason why I left and set up for myself was, um, I think we got an email on a Thursday an all hands email, not it was literally high per high name. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, like for us in particular, um, acquisition is completed. We will now be known by, and I'm not going to mention the, the thing, um, on Friday, um, rather than the normal all hands meeting, um, the um project department or something i can't remember what they were called now we'll be delivering like boxes to each of the desks and we filled up all the boxes and we got told the address to arrive at nine o'clock in the morning on the monday down the road Uh, and we all showed up in this big older place and it was kind of like a massive room where they were like right okay reading out names and saying which floor you had to go to and it was really it it was awful and I just God. remember thinking I've got a like a um, IBM ThinkPad or a Dell something or other laptop with a barcode on it and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I'm not a person. <laughs> I'm a number in this place. Uh, hence why I've been treated like a number in this place. I'm off. And I think a lot of other people either did it and left or, or felt terrible for quite a while. So the pacing that you've chosen and the way you've communicated it is is exceptionally good.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, the fundamental motivator for this is ultimately like an actual mistake that we made that we, during the COVID, um, launched more of an influencer offering and we didn't invest, we invested in people, not tech. And that was an explicit decision that we all made. And in hindsight, we should have invested more in our technology than we did. Yeah. And this is the company that have acquired us have got that problem solved. Their technology Mm -hmm. is incredible. So I think everyone, like the fundamental rationale was communicate up front but i think the, the thing that stephen waddington said to me constantly is he's like you've got to remember that so we our acquisition happened in early june he's like this has been your life for the last seven months for them they've got no idea what's going on and yeah. it's so new so like mm-hmm. all of these things that you've spent seven months thinking through they haven't they're starting completely from scratch and it yeah, is yeah. So it's almost like loads. finding out you've got a kid coming in two months time yeah it's it's <laughs> huge and Like so many of the real, like, and the reactions were all so different. Like I remember telling one of my team who I was slightly worried about and they were like, totally cool with it. Amazing. And then others were like, go straight into the detail of worrying about like, but are we going to use the same project management tools and stuff like this? And like, it's, and it's totally like, there's no right reaction, but it's, you have to facilitate for a, a very wide range of them.
1: Yeah, and and it sounds like it's gone well, going well, and the team have sort of assimilated in a nice way, which is which is kind of key to key you know key to to um, to take away as a as a big win beyond the obvious personal accolade say, mm. to a certain level of of an exit from an agency. Um, if there's someone listening to the to, to the podcast right now and they you know they they they've heard about all of this or they're just hearing about the um uh the exit right now or anything in particular um that's kind of they knock on your door and they say what's one piece of advice you would give me as another agency owner what what piece of advice would you would you offer them
2: oh god um i think just prioritize yourself like um genuinely if you're prioritize your like own well-being mm.
0: um,
2: like when you're like when you i always think when i'm in a good headspace i'm a really good agency at, like manager or founder, whatever. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Uh, When I'm not, I'm pretty terrible. Um, So like, it it really is important to like, yeah, make sure that your headspace is in, in -hmm. the right place to do a good job. Because ultimately, you can be there worrying about everyone else's problems. um, But that will actually make you a worse founder or or manager. And so sort your own shit out first, basically. Yes. So
1: typical typically good advice there based on everything I've heard so far is uh, is sort your shit out first because and you're right like I was terrible at running the agency when something was wrong with me either physically or mentally and um, mm. when there were outside pressures that I didn't handle very well the internal team often ended up suffering to a certain degree yeah they were annoying and they did things wrong but they definitely didn't deserve um the yeah. the you know the, the the rest of it so you're a better leader if you you know, know yourself better and you understand yourself better for sure.
2: Okay.
1: Um thanks so much for coming on the, the podcast, Simon. It's been wonderful to talk to you today. Brilliant. Thanks for having me, Chris. Loved no problem. No worries at all. And in our next episode we'll be speaking with another agency leader to hear their story and the lessons they learned along the way. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>